This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Russia seeks help from Brazil with crippling sanctions over Ukraine. Rwanda president wraps up Barbados' visit, citing huge African interests in the Caribbean. ICE moves to protect non-citizens, Caribbean immigrants with serious mental health disorders. Jamaica's Census Day is September 12th. Antigua and Barbuda signs air service agreement with France. Guyana to test wheat production and mass sea urchin die-off in U.S. Virgin Islands and several other Caribbean islands. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, April 19th. We start a report today in Brazil. St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports via riders that Russia has asked Brazil for support in the International Monetary Fund, IMF, and the World Bank at the G20 Group of top economies to help it counter crippling sanctions imposed by the West since it invaded Ukraine, according to a letter seen by Reuters. Russian Finance Minister Anton Solnova wrote to the economy minister Paulo Guedes of Brazil, asking for Brazil's support to prevent political accusations and discrimination, attempts in international financing institutions, and multilateral fora. Behind-the-scenes work is underway in the IMF and World Bank to limit or even expel Russia from decision-making processes, Silnova wrote. He did not elaborate on obstacles to Russians' participation in those institutions, and his legal allegations could not be independently verified. The letter, which made no mention of the war in Ukraine, was dated March 30th and relayed to the Brazilian minister by Russia's ambassador in Brazil, the report stated. Silnova said the sanctions violate the principles of the Bretton Woods Agreement that set up the IMF and the World Bank. St. Lucia Times reports that Rwanda's President Paul Kagame has ended a visit to Barbados, citing the African continent's interest in connecting with the Caribbean. I just confirmed that there is a huge interest in the people of my country, our region, the continent, connecting not only with Barbados, but the whole Caribbean, Kagame told a joint news conference with Prime Minister Mia Motley. The Rwandan leader declared that it's never too late to connect, make friends, and create partnerships. If we connect directly, if there's transportation serving both the continent and the Caribbean and Barbados in particular, and visa waivers so that we can make it easy for people to travel and do business and visit, this will be huge. It has a huge potential, and that's what we're looking to achieve and make this a reality, Kagame told reporters. The Barbados foreign minister and Rwanda's minister of finance and economic planning signed a cooperation agreement during the visit. While on the island, President Kagame met with various officials and held private talks with Prime Minister Mia Motley, among other activities. Kagame, who just concluded a three-day official visit to Jamaica, said Motley will visit Rwanda in June as the African nation celebrates 60 years of political independence. Kagame will also be hosting the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in June with delegates from 54 member states in attendance. 
Antigua Newsroom reports that the United States Immigration and Custom Enforcement ICE has announced new policies to strengthen protections for detained non-citizens, Caribbean, and other immigrants with serious mental disorder or conditions. The new guidance, which is addressed in ICE Directive, focuses on the identification, treatment, and monitoring of this particularly vulnerable population. ICE continues its efforts to implement policies and directives that support a fair, orderly, and humane immigration system, said ICE Acting Director Tay D. Johnson. The directive strengthens existing guidelines regarding the treatment of detainees found to have a serious mental disorder or condition, including policies regarding their transfer, removal, or safe release when appropriate and permitted under law, Johnson concluded. I said its new directive aligns with and reinforces the U.S. State Department of Justice Executive Order for Immigration Review Policy that provides certain procedural protections to unrepresented detained respondents with serious mental disorders or conditions that may render them incompetent to represent themselves in immigration proceedings. Jamaica Information Service reports that the Statistical Institute of Jamaica, Staten, will begin Jamaica's 15th National Population and Housing Census in September. The Director General of Staten, Carol Coy, made a disclosure while addressing the monthly meeting of the St. Elizabeth's Municipal Corporation in Black River. She stated that the National Census is carried out every 10 years and should have been executed in 2021 but got pushed back a year due to the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. Census Day is actually September 12, and this is the reference point for the census. So we start collecting data on September 13. And who will we count? Everybody belonging to his or her place of usual residence, said McCoy. We will be counting people in their homes, correctional institutions, children's homes, infirmaries, boarding schools, universities, hospitals, military camps, hospitals providing specialized care. We will also be counting persons actually living on the streets, and so on, she added. Ms. McCoy indicated that each individual in the household will get a questionnaire to complete where they will detail age, sex, ethnic origin, marital status, education, physical and mental limitations, training, economic background, fertility, and transportation, among other requirements. Additionally, she noted that information will be collected will also include type of houses persons are living in, the material of their outer wall, roofing, number of rooms, the tenure of land, rent, waste disposal, and source of water for domestic use, as well as the availability and type of kitchen, bathroom, and toilet facilities. For the first time in history, we will be using, rather than paper, tablet computers to capture the information that we will require. What this allows, using the tablets, is to monitor the quality of the work we are getting, and it makes the survey more efficient, Ms. McCoy outlined. Sinkett's Nevis Observer reports that the government of Antigua and Barbuda has signed an Air Services Agreement with France, the first such agreement between the European country and an organization of Eastern Caribbean states' member state. Minister 
for Public Utilities, Civil Aviation and Transportation, Sir Robin Yearwood, said the agreement with France replaces arrangements dating back to the 1940s when Antigua and Barbuda acceded to its independence in 1981. The new agreement, he said, reflects the many trends and developments in civil aviation since then, including areas of safety and security, as well as the liberalization of the air transport sector. Under the new agreement, Antigua and Barbuda has designated LIAT 1974 LTD and Calvin Air helicopters as its national carriers, while the French authorities have designated Air France, Air Antilles, St. Bart's Commuter, and St. Bart's Executive as its designated national airlines on the routes. The agreement provides both countries with opportunities for direct traffic between Antigua and Barbuda and French territories, as well as for significant so-called fifth freedom traffic rights with a number of English, French, Dutch, and Spanish-speaking Caribbean destinations. PR Newswire reports that Indian multinational and one of the world's leading manufacturers of cryogenic equipment and solution providers, NXVA, has been awarded a contract by Caribbean LNG Inc. for design, engineering, and supply on a turnkey basis for a mini liquefied natural gas, LNG, receiving the regasification terminal to be set up in Antigua, West Indies. Caribbean LNG Inc. is a joint venture between Eagle LNG Partners and Antigua Power Company. The terminal will provide natural gas for Antigua Power Company on island 40 megawatts power plant. The terminal is expected to be a future template and anchor plant to serve power and other energy requirements in the eastern Caribbean islands. Antigua and Barbuda will benefit from the use of this lower carbon fuel creating opportunities for the country and the eastern Caribbean region. Moving to gas also enables the greater integration of renewable generation in the country and the introduction of bio LNG and hydrogen into fuel mix will further reduce carbon footprint and meet committed goals for the country on carbon reduction, Hadid said. St. Lucia Times reports that Guyana will begin the first trial of 20 wheat varieties before the end of May in a new effort for food diversification. The announcement came recently from Agricultural Minister Zufikar Mustafa. We are in contact with our counterpart, especially Mexico. We are looking at different varieties of wheat. I am hoping by the end of the month or by the next month latest, we can have the first trial within about 15 to 20 varieties to see the best one that can grow in Guyana, the minister told journalists. Guyana is also examining the possibility of establishing nurseries at strategic locations to test for better growing results. The plan is to have the technical officers assess which varieties are better. The Guyana Agriculture Minister declared that his country could not depend too much on imports. As a country, we have to ensure we produce our food and be self-sufficient, Mustafa asserted. His comments came against the backdrop of a surge in global commodity prices exasperated by the war in Ukraine. Russia's invasion of Ukraine on February 24th 
came when global food and energy prices were already high. Over the last 18 months, wheat prices have risen nearly 110 percent. Corn and vegetable oil prices are up 140 percent, and soybean prices are up 90 percent. St. Martin's Prime Minister and Minister of General Affairs Silveria E. Jacobs is traveling to Dallas, Texas to attend a series of EarthX conferences with the aim of cultivating relationships and forming partnerships to advance advocates, investors, accelerators, and researchers on sustainable environment activities. EarthX is led by the Sustainable Development Goals, including SDG7, Renewable Energy, which is a national goal of St. Martin. Considering the current challenges with rising energy costs, such projects must be pursued in the interests of our people. This year, Prime Minister Jacob has been invited to deliver the keynote speech for the Island Resilience Forum to be held on April 22nd, allowing for St. Martin to be profiled on an international level. Prime Minister Jacob will also speak at the Women International in the Sustainable Fashion Movement, the Global Youth Summit, the UN Family Offices for Sustainable Development Summit, and the UN SDG Media Summit. The government of St. Martin has been a virtual partner at EarthX since 2019. However, our in-person participation at EarthX allows us the opportunity to engage and attract investors in public-private partnerships for possible projects needed for the country, Prime Minister Jacob said. And finally, Mass die-off in sea urchins in several Caribbean islands, including the U.S. Virgin Islands, Dominica, St. Lucia, Antigua, Cozumel in Mexico, St. Vincent, Jamaica, and Ceiba, has raised alarms among scientists who say the phenomenon is threatening already fragile coral reefs in the region. Scientists had originally linked the die-off of the black sea urchin, however, two other species, the rock-boring sea urchin and the West Indian sea egg have also been affected. Patricia Kramer, a marine biologist and program director at the Atlantic and Gulf Rapid Reef Assessment, expressed particular concern that the die-off was occurring so quickly. Sea urchins are known for being reliable grazers, removing macroalgae from coral reefs, which clears space for baby sea corals to attach themselves. These sea urchins are vital to the health of our coral reefs, because they eat the algae that try to smother the coral reef colonies. According to the Associated Press, the Atlantic and Gulf Rapid Reef Assessment recently helped create a network to investigate the debts, analyze tissue samples, and find solutions. Among participants of the investigatory team is the Florida-based Gulf and Caribbean Fisheries Institute, along with almost two dozen groups in the Caribbean and the United States. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, April 19th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.